It is Tuesday, August 15th. I'm Scott Sadenberg. And I'm AJ Hoffman. The Jets become a super team. And James Harden will never play for that organization. Here comes the Vegas truth. This is straight out of Vegas. We are straight out of Vegas AM, your daily destination for sports conversation with a Vegas lean. Here's what you need to know to start your day. Dalvin Cook and Zeke Elliott both find homes. James Harden makes a statement about his future with the Philadelphia 76ers. And Zach Martin no longer holding out. What is the Vegas lead? Scott, we've got a guest later on in the program as yes, well. Yes, yes. Josh Towers, former Major League pitcher, who is my new co-host on the MLB podcast on RJ Bell's Dream Preview feed. The only person at pregame. Who has a World Series ring? I'm confident in saying. I tried it on. Did you? Yeah. Okay. Michael Kay had one because he was the Yankee broadcaster. Okay. Well, I've I tried one on. And I tried his I on. thought you meant you tried Josh Towers on. No. Okay. No. Whose ring did you try on? Uh, I have tried on multiple rings. Same ring, by the way, though, because Josh Towers' was ring. The same year? 2009 Yankees, yeah. Uh, Lance McCullers Jr. was the first one that I tried on. And I forget who the other guy was wasn't Alex Bregman. He doesn't like me. It was, it was another Astro it's, it's from the same team. Wow, what a surprise. Houston athletes don't like A.J. Hoffman. <laughs> another all one. of them. Haven't not heard all that of before. Them. James Harden didn't let you try on yeah, his well, lack of we're, rings. We're, we're going to trust me. <laughs> I, we're, I we're couldn't gonna, hold his MVP trophy. We're going to get into Harden in a few minutes. Let's start in the NFL where a couple of signings made the headlines yesterday. The, bigger, the, the biggest one, Dalvin Cook. He had talked about if he signs with the Jets, the Jets would be a super team. And now it's complete, as he agreed to a one-year deal worth up to $8.6 million to join Aaron Rodgers and the latest cast of Hard Knocks. Do you think that he knew he was going to sign with the Jets two weeks ago, but didn't want to go through the training camp and didn't want to go through the first couple preseason games. Better question. Did the producers of hard knocks say, we need you to wait until we're still in the season <laughs> so we can get you signing in like the third episode. Oh uh, yeah. That episode's going to, but they wouldn't have released that news on a Monday knowing the episode comes out. Well, he's not, he, he wouldn't be in the episode that comes out right. now. He'll be in next week's episode. Yeah. So they, they, they would ideally His for hard Visit. His visit might be in this episode, though. I'm sure though. it will be. And then they'll tease ahead. Well, he left the building, and we don't know if he's going to sign. Stay tuned to next week. Yeah, because ideally for Hard Knocks, he would have signed this deal, like, Friday. It's and hard, by the way, it's hard to tease and, like, leave you on a cliffhanger with, like, a reality show that's going on, like, right now. Because yeah. we know, like, what's going to happen. It's like, the cliffhanger. The Jets play the Panthers. What's going to happen? I, yeah, we know. We know. Yet some, for some reason, we all watch. Yeah. But, uh, sheep. Well, let's talk about Dalvin Cook's impact. I don't know if it makes them a super team necessarily, but it certainly upgrades him. Uh, I, I know there's a lot of love for Brees Hall, but I, I would assume now Dalvin Cook becomes the number one running back on this team, especially while Brees Hall is still technically yeah. on, on the comeback trail. What this does is it gives the Jets a cushion in case Brees Hall is not available for week one. He is still on the pup list, and Robert Sala has maintained that they're optimistic that he's going to be ready for week one. But let's say he's not ready, and let's say that he's forced to miss several games because of whatever roster designation they have to place on him. 
having Dalvin Cook gives you a very nice, not even a fallback plan, a very nice plan A for Brees Hall being out. Mackenzie, was there a change in the Jets' win total or Super Bowl odds after the news was announced? There was not. Zero change. So they peaked at 13-1 to about a month after Rodgers agreed to go there, and it's been a slow downtick ever since from 9.8 wins to 9.7 wins to now right there flat at 9.5. Super Bowl odds, same thing from 13-1 to to now 18-1. to So even though the Super Team is assembled, the market is uh, somewhat less optimistic than they were a couple months ago. What about for their Week 1 game? No change. They are still 1.5-point dogs. Remember that open Bills minus 3 at New York Jets, but it's settled in at 1.5. It's been that way for a minute. I'm surprised there hasn't been a change, AJ, because maybe because he played in Minnesota or because he was out of sight, out of mind with this being a free agent. People just don't realize how good Dalvin Cook is. But since 2019, Dalvin Cook has averaged 111 scrimmage yards per game, second only to Derrick Henry in the NFL in that span. He's had four straight 1,000-yard seasons, the Jets haven't had a 1,000-yard rusher since 2015. Yeah, but, I, but you know what? I don't think they'll have a 1,000-yard rusher this year either because the assumption would be that Brees Hall gets, still gets enough yep. carries, that, that both of them have good, solid years. And at the end of the day, if you get 1,600 yards out of two backs, that's, that's perfectly fine, better than getting 1,100 yards out of one. So uh, I, I think that's what's the most likely scenario here. But I think also, we, I mean, we see that – Run like really outside of quarterbacks, it's it takes very special players to move lines at all. Yeah, uh, and adding a player just like two weeks, three weeks before the game, I, that doesn't seem like the kind of move that would like make a, a Vegas line tremble. Surprising stat here: I mentioned the Jets haven't had a thousand yard rusher since 2015. There's uh, one team that has a longer drought without a thousand yard rusher in the NF and for them in a season. Do you know who that team is? 2014 was their last 1,000-yard rusher. I'll give you a hint. Is it the Bills? No. Oh. I'll give you a hint. Mackenzie Rivers. The 49ers? The last. Really? The 49ers That's have not had a 1,000-yard yeah, rusher. Yeah, I, I was going to say them because they haven't in a Frank minute. Gore. Frank but Gore. But I figured Frank Gore was the latest, yeah. Wow. I, I, I promise you that snaps this season. Christian McCaffrey will have over 1,000 yards. Okay. <laughs> we talk about players' values a lot, and Christian McCaffrey is the name because uh, – Kevin Cole does a thing where he does this plus minus, how much you're worth to a game. He does a bunch of numbers behind it. Christian McCaffrey, one and a half points for his career. Blows every other running back out of the park. Derrick Henry's a little bit less with 1.0. Do you guys want to guess where Dalvin Cook was last year and where he averages for his career? How much is he worth to the line? Okay, I'll say last year he was below his career average. Correct. Yeah, he had a year last year. I'll go 10th last year. Uh, I'm not. I'm not sure the number, but just oh, the, I'll, the points I'll go, wise. Uh, like, is, does it go quarter points or? Yeah, it goes quarter points. Okay, I'll he go was, a quarter point. I'll you, go. Yeah. I'll go. Last year he was less than that. Last year I'll say he was point. If point two five is a quarter, I'll say he was point one last year. But Ooh. for his career, I think he's closer to a quarter point. I, I think he's close good. to point four for his career. He's, scout gurus got it down to the science. You don't even need the numbers. Yeah, uh, last year he was down a quarter point. On his career, he's .4 points to the good. Okay, so average. you're right with his with, with his career. Because, yeah, he had a down year last year, but he was he had a separated shoulder the whole season. Yeah. He played with it, but he played every game. Yeah. And he rushed for over 1,100 yards. I like that. I like that in a player. And it was a down year for him. As for the money, which doesn't matter as much now that Aaron Rodgers took his pay cut, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. it's a one-year deal worth up to $8.6 million. If you recall, all the— 
All the uh, the franchise running backs were set to make $9.1 million. So this is just below the elite running backs in the league, probably in the top ten. Uh, probably too high for a guy that was average last year. I mean, it is, but I, I guess you, the thought is, if he's healthy and he gets back to what he was two years ago, you've got. And you want to reward right? Rodgers, right? You have to. I mean, that's why he's doing. That's why yeah. he's doing this. Like, and and is there a better running back out there available no. than Dalvin Cook? Right. Is Ezekiel the question. Elliott definitively not? So yeah. y- they went out and got the best available running back. Uh, I think Aaron Rodgers has got to be pleased with this. Well, speaking of Ezekiel Elliott, he signs a deal with the New England Patriots. Uh, so the Patriots, who have Ramondre Stevenson as their number one running back, will now have Ezekiel Elliott as 1A or backup, whatever his role is going to be in that offense. I think that it's going to be more of a, a – uh, I don't. I, it's somewhere between a one. Zeke will be a one B or a backup. I, like I still think Ramondre is the the lead back, but they said it, it, they worked him too much last season. They, his workload was too big, and which is something that Bill Belichick hasn't had to deal with in the past. He's usually had so many you know moving parts at he running. He cycles back. through. Remember there was that one game where. Uh, was it John? It wasn't John Gray. It was the guy. He had four touchdowns in one game, and like you never saw him again. Everybody, never saw him everybody again. Blew their whole fantasy budget kill, on kill, him. And then he killed didn't play. fantasy. It was Jonas Gray. Yeah. I said John. John Gray's the pitcher. Jonas Gray. He had four touchdowns, and it was like, what the hell? And then all the, the people pick him up, and then he does nothing. And it was like Bill Belichick just ruining, yeah, ruining fantasy football. Yeah. So unless they would have gone out and gotten Dalvin Cook. Like I, I think the the thought was for the Patriots, they were always going to bring in a secondary back. Although you know Zeke is a, a he's solid enough in pass protection. I don't think they're going to take uh, Ramondre off the field on third down situations because he's just he's mm-hmm. a great receiver. Uh, but I, I think the hope is that Zeke can take care of some of the short yardage stuff, uh, some goal line stuff, and and just give Ramondre Stevenson a breather when he needs one. The deal for Zeke is three million dollar base salary, one million dollar signing bonus bonus can be worth up to $6 million with incentives. Um, does Zeke's attitude, though, fit with Bill Belichick? Did you see the haircut? I did not. As soon as the news dropped, you, you see the big, shaggy Ezekiel Elliott go away. He looked like a New York Yankee. Clean cut. Whoa. Clean, clean buzz clean shaven? cut. Yeah, he's making a point. He's going back to uh, the roots. Wow. Wearing 15, same members of Ohio like, State. Yep. Mm-hmm. Wow. A Listen, I think that I think the last couple of years have been very humbling for Zeke Elliott. And I you know, I, I think he's still got something to give as a player. I think it's this is the ideal role for him. I think what he did early in his career where he was like the workhorse, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. like a, a, a true feed me a bell cow back. Like there's just so few of those guys, and the guys that do it typically can't do it for very long. I think he's past that. But I think he could still be effective as part of an offense. Like, I think he could still – he still can be a solid NFL running back. I just think if you're saying we're building our offense around Zeke Elliott, you're mm-hmm. making a mistake, that's clearly not what this is. Zeke's rookie year, he's worth two and a half points to the line by Cole's numbers. It's literally ticked down like a metronome every year since. Last year was his worst year. He's just an average player. Didn't add, didn't add or subtract value. Patriots will visit the Cowboys week four, Sunday, October 21st, the Zeke Elliott revenge game. And transitioning to the Dallas Cowboys, they end their uh, standoff with guard Zach Martin. Martin gets a new reworked deal ending his holdout. So everything all peachy clean. Well, peachy, was it peachy, peachy keen? keen? Yeah, peachy listen, keen? I think everybody's happy in this situation. Uh, $36 million guaranteed over the next two seasons for Martin. Uh, he was supposed to earn 20, 27 and a half 
over those two years. So both years fully guaranteed. He's now the third highest paid guard uh, in the NFL behind Chris Lindstrom and, and Quentin Nelson. So, uh, and he does have to pay some fines because those are the, he has to be paid. Um, but he he is gonna he he's gonna be paid well enough to handle fifty thousand dollars worth of fines now. Boy, it was only a few short weeks ago where we had uh, Jerry Jones saying players got to honor their contracts. Yeah, listen though, this is a guy. It, it, we can talk all we want about Deuce Vaughn and and you know Pollard and Prescott, but the truth is, this is one of the most important guys to their offense. Yep. He, he makes everything go for them six times. First team All Pro, not not Pro Bowler, mm-hmm. All Pro. Yes, that means this guy is the best of the best. Well, there's other news around the NFL, and it has to do with McKenzie's 49ers, as Brock Purdy has been cleared for practice after practice after practice. What do I mean by that? Well, under his current or his former plan, Brock Purdy needed a designated off day in between practices. But now, come on, the guy's coming back from an injury. (laughs) Relax. But now he has been cleared to go three straight days without an off day. Another step in the right direction to get him ready for the season. McKenzie, still no doubt that he'll be the starter week one? No, and we've seen that in the line. It dipped to two and a half, 49ers favorite at Pittsburgh. That disappeared a while ago. They ain't coming back. 49ers are, are minus three point favorites. We did not see him in their preseason loss to the Raiders on Sunday. Do we think he plays in one of these next two preseason games? They host the Broncos on Saturday. The fact that they're making this practice announcement now when they could have just wrote it out, uh, it changes my mind a little bit. I think there is a possibility to see him out there giving some reps. So it'll be his first uh, time on an NFL field in live action. Since since, fateful day at the link. Since losing, since the Eagles game in the NFC Championship game. So uh, it'll be nice. I think that especially if it's a home game, the fans will give him a nice ovation. Play one series. Get the blood flowing a little bit. Get hit, maybe. You know, because you got to get hit. You got to get hit. Got to. Get hit and then get out of the game. Not him, man. He's too slick. He don't get hit. (laughs) (laughs) Massive story in the NBA. Just days after it was announced that the Sixers were, I guess, rescinding any trade talks surrounding James Harden, James Harden comes out and has this to say during an Adidas media event in China. Daryl Morey is a liar, and I will never be a part of an organization that he's a part of. Let me say that again. Daryl Morey is a liar, and I will never be a part of an organization that he's a part of. If you didn't quite hear that audio, that was from Shams Charania on Twitter. Quote, Daryl Morey is a liar, and I will never be a part of an organization that he's a part of. And he repeats it. He says, let me say that again. Daryl Morey is a liar, and I will never be a part of an organization he's a part of. This is really, I, I, like, the, it's it's out of pocket for like it's out it's like it's so crazy for James Harden of all people to come after Daryl Morey because Daryl Morey has been the number one booster of James Harden in the history of time. He's the reason he's on the Phillies. Like, this is the Sixers. Maury loves James Harden more than James Harden's parents love James Harden. <laughs> In order to hate someone, you must love them first. You must accept their trust in order for to be to be heartbroken. He was apparently lied to. I'm not sure about what. Did he say you got a max contract coming to you? Or if you 
If you sign that one-year extension, I will trade you guaranteed by this summer. I don't know. I heard a rumor today that Harden wanted pizza day on Fridays. Literally, this is what people are talking about on the internet, and that was the source of the initial I I have a question, though. Breaking. I have a question. This was an Adidas event in China, and we know that Daryl Morey is not popular in China because of the Hong Kong tweets uh, a couple years ago. Was James Harden playing to the crowd here? The crowd definitely liked it. There was some woos. He could have been, but here's the thing. At the end of the day, James Harden is under contract for the team that Daryl Morey is the GM for. So, like, you can't say those things and have no repercussions back. Like, he's going to – he can't live in China. Like, is he going to stay there forever and play for the Chinese basketball league? What what are the repercussions? I mean, he's going to not play and – I guess what he's going to get traded like Ben Simmons eventually got or, traded. Or what? Except they tried to trade him. But, no one wanted to trade no Yeah, one he's to not worth $35.6 What if the Sixers get rid of Daryl Morey? I think that'd be a mistake. I, I think that Daryl Morey is a more valuable asset. I would agree with that. Over the next five years than James Harden. And, like, J- Daryl Morey tripped over his shoes to get James Harden paid. Like, the first day he was eligible to get max extended, they were there. Hey, this guy is going to be the highest paid player in the world. This yep. is our guy. Like, went out of his way to make sure he didn't wait an extra minute before he got paid. So the fact that he's saying now he's a liar and I'll never play for him is wild to me. This is, listen, he's going to make $35.6 million next year. That's good money for someone who played the way James Harden played last season. Yeah, and, good money. And there's... It's there's, not crazy money. It's not crazy Top money. 20 player, it's top fair, 20 money. It's fair money. There's no question that if... Every player in the NBA, like, and you could you could assign an up arrow right. or a down arrow to them. There's no question James Harden has a down arrow. J- James Harden's best basketball is behind him. Yes. So to me, his time as a max player it has to be gone, or at least for a long term max player. Also, how do you trade for him? He's going to request a trade in six months. Like it's his value, uh, whether he's doing it on purpose, is completely torpedoed by this his behavior is tied to his difficulty to be like not like not like some kind of off the court behavior but like yeah. the constant like i want out of here i, I demand to it's be three out three for here. three rockets 2020 nets 2021 now sixers a year and a half later yeah it's this is just not a it's not a guy who you, you think is going to be content with your team and the fact that they looked around the clippers weren't willing to trade for him like clippers will trade for anybody <laughs> they don't care they're like no can't do it man this is uh, this is wild to me, and the, the fact that he and I'm not saying that Daryl Morey didn't lie to him. Mm-hmm. Daryl Morey certainly could have said, "Hey, we're going to get you taken care of long term," but I, I think Daryl Morey is is smart not to make a long term max money commitment to James Harden at this point. It would yeah. it would almost be it would feel like he was tanking the organization if he did that. What do you think this? Or what do you think happens first of all? And what do you think does does this hurt Daryl Morey's value? Because Harden's not the most popular guy in the league, but he's also not the least popular, and he's making a very public s- sentiment. If I'm, I don't know, one of his buddies like no, Russell Westbrook, is, I don't want to play for this. Okay, so take Ben Simmons out of the picture. Uh-huh. Who's less popular than James Harden? I yeah, think I he's know. up there. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he's in the conversation. I, 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 yeah, yeah, I think sure. like no one, no, there's not a lot of people. I mean, may, there's some people who really dislike Kyrie, but I think yeah. that a lot of that's for political reasons. Right. But like, I don't think there's a, a ton of people running to the defense. Of James Harden, like I, I just don't see that happen. So this, yeah, is the, this is the problem. Like they're gonna trade him, but because like you think they do? They, yes, I, but they just tried. How? Be, well, I think they have to understand that his value is now down, and so they they're gonna have to accept a lesser deal for him. 
You know because now no one's going to give up anything. No one was willing to give up anything before that they wanted. And now with him coming out and making these statements, certainly no one's going to give up anything. But for what him. players out there are that can you salary match with? And clearly, it sounds to me like one of James Harden's things, like, hey, if I'm traded, whoever trades for me is going to have to sign me to a long-term extension. No, there's nobody in the league that's like, yep, sign me up for that. Let's go. That's why I see more than one scenario where Harden just sits for a while and maybe ends up playing. And you can bet right now, plus 600, does he play one game for the Sixers? I see value there. I don't think it's minus, what, 1,200 the other 600, way. 600, huh? It seems, it seems like it's not a 50-50 scenario, but if you told me James Harden, like he did with the Rockets, comes in out of shape, plays bad, plays passively, but he does it for the Sixers, that's not shocking to me at all. And, it, and I'll say this, like the, the fact that the stories from yesterday say Philly tried to search out a trade and could not find a partner, the, like, that just tells me that this is they're stuck with him. So I'm with you. It wouldn't shock me one. It, so if he sat out the whole season, would it be like a told year or would he like would he have to come back the next year? What are the rules? Is it like the NFL? I think he'd have to give up his money. I mean, that's what they that's what they wanted Ben Simmons to do. He said he was hurt. They said he wasn't. But um, oh, that's that's the scenario that's going to play out. Is uh, that's what I would imagine. That's the scenario that plays. So out. lawyers will get involved because that's what ended up happening. I don't know how much Ben Simmons got. It wasn't the full amount, but mm-hmm. he got something for that. And, and guess what? Now that you we, like every team in the league saw how that worked out with Ben Simmons, there's nobody who's looking to give James Harden any real money. If he if he sits out a year like that, like on a Maybe, yeah, especially because he's older now. Maybe yeah, he's one injured, less year. Maybe he's not. I, I don't think this is. A, I don't think this is a good thing. And honestly, James Harden in Philly, this is the best place for him. The pressure is off of him to be the best player on the league. He led the league in assists this year. Like when yeah. when you play with the MVP, it's like it takes it, instead of being the MVP, it takes a lot of pressure off you. Like this is what James Harden should be like leaning into. Like this is what I am as a player now. I'm no longer the alpha dog on a team. What he's doing here is saying I still need to be the alpha. I, I, I just don't. I think it's a bad idea for him from a basketball standpoint, and I think it's going to end up being a bad idea for him from a money standpoint long term. So Mackenzie, you mentioned the odds on yeah. will Harden play a game for the Sixers this year? Do we have odds on Harden's next team? If he does get traded? Yes. If it's not the 76ers, the Clippers are still the favorite, and they're bigger favorite. They were minus 125 right after he made the trade request. Now they're minus 250. Then there's a plethora of teams right after him. Chicago Bulls, Rockets, Knicks, all less than 10 to 1. Do you think which which of those seems more realistic to you? I mean, the Rockets pretty clearly did not want him when they got their new coach. Yeah, right? Yeah, they, they had the chance. Like they, if, they, they, I mean, they, they got Fred Van Fleet. So. What, what about in the most famous arena in the world? I could see in him. New York? In New York, splitting splitting carries with uh, Jalen Brunson. Jalen Brunson's having a phenomenal camp for Team USA. Yeah, you're right talking now. about up arrows, I mean, down arrows. Yeah. It's the exact opposite situation. Yeah. I, 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 I don't just, think you want to mess with that. I don't think the, I don't think the Knicks would want to mess with that. And the, really, it's the Clippers are nothing. Then I don't see a team that works. That's what that I was James saying. Harden works. It makes sense because Russell West, the Hawks. I mean, they got the clubs. Well, yeah, I, I guess you have to ask like what what player would be able to come back and right. that like what team is willing to give up that kind of an asset to get James Harden and also take on the seeming burden that is going to accompany him. And people talked about Paul George, I think that's probably a pipe dream for the Clippers trading him back. There's, the question is are they going to trade Terrence Mann who's, you know, a younger, probably more valuable asset for a shot at winning one title? And I probably don't think you do. I don't think especially the way it's gone in, in LA town, I think you want to build a culture that is more long-term than that.
This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. How's your social battery right now, AJ? I know sometimes I get drained, and it could be easy to ignore your social battery and just spread yourself too thin, you know, especially when it comes to social gatherings and maybe just things you're not in the mood for. Well, do you know the right amount of socializing you need to do to keep yourself balanced? Therapy can give you that self-awareness and you can build basically your routine that reflects what you need personally. Everybody's different in this way. That was a big driver for me when I was in therapy. I got a lot out of it and it's so easy here Give BetterHelp a try if you've said, I don't want to go out of my way to do this. It's all online. It's as convenient as can be, and it's suited to you. It's simple. Just fill out a brief questionnaire, get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can switch at any time for no additional charge. Find your social sweet spot with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com Vegas today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Vegas. AJ, It's important to me that the supplements that I take every single day are of the highest quality. And that's why ever since they jumped aboard as a sponsor with us, I've been drinking AG1. Because for AG1, quality isn't just a buzzword. AG1's ingredients are heavily researched for efficacy and quality. And I love that every scoop has prebiotics, probiotics, digestive enzymes for my gut support, B vitamins for energy. It's got the magnesium and ashwagandha for stress support, also testosterone support, vitamin C and zinc to support my immune system. I don't get sick anymore. Well, you're welcome for introducing you to AG1. Yeah, but uh, I mean, this stuff is incredible. And so many people have asked me, are you just reading commercials? No, man. AG1 is actually legit. And there's a reason why I drink it every single day. It just makes taking care of my health so much easier in general. So if you want to replace your multivitamin and more, start with AG1. Try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D3 plus K2 and five free AG1 travel packs with your first subscription at drinkag1.com slash SOV. That's drinkag1.com slash SOV. Check it out. Last night, uh, I recorded the new relaunch of our Major League Baseball podcast on R.J. Bell's Dream Preview podcast feed with the newest uh, host here at Pregame, my co-host on this new baseball podcast, former Major League pitcher Josh Towers. And, A.J., you were here, and you sat in uh, with me, and and we asked Josh, we welcomed him to Pregame, and asked his thoughts on some World Series futures. So here's a conversation with the newest co-host of R.J. Bell's Dream Preview Major League Baseball podcast, former big leaguer Josh Towers. I wanted to bring Josh on SOVAM, welcome him into the show, welcome him to pregame.com. Thank you so much for joining us. Listen, I, I appreciate it. This is awesome. Well, now that we have you here, yep. and I'm sure AJ's curious, your thoughts on this, uh, what can fans expect from the new Major League Baseball podcast? <laughs> uh, listen, I mean, if you get me riled up, they can expect, <laughs> they can they can expect some excitement coming out of uh, his mouth. Um, yeah, I, I you can get me going easily to where I share some pretty good stuff, right? <laughs> um, you know what I love about it is is like I always say I can never play Jeopardy. Uh, I'll know the answers, but my brain doesn't work like that. So then all of a sudden I'll be like, uh, and then they'll say the answer. I'm like, ah, I knew that. I don't work quick like that. Um, but when you ask me questions and get me going, like 
I feel like there's some pretty cool stuff sometimes in this brain, like good stories that we yeah. can talk about or things that well, you played in the league for eight years. You have yeah, a ton of stories. Almost things that I forget at times too that I don't realize. That's why I love when you start like you'll see me branch and go in different directions when you say something because my brain all of a sudden goes, oh, wait, something happened here. Yeah. Um, so it's exciting. So it's more like selfishly, it's more for me, to be honest. The first episode is available now. Yep. So if you are listening to us here on Straight Out of Vegas AM, head on over to RJ Bell's Dream Preview and download the Major League Baseball podcast with myself and Josh Towers. So one of the things you said last night when you came in was we were talking about teams who had a chance to win. You were like, you can forget about the Orioles. That immediately jumped out to me. Forget about the team leading the best division in baseball. For, throw them out the window. It's going to be somebody else. And it made me think, man, you've got to have a pretty short list of teams that you think have a chance to win the World Series if the Baltimore Orioles, who are leading the AL East, aren't on that list. I mean, right away, you put me on the, in the hot seat, huh? Um, yeah, when you say it like that, that sounds very idiotic of me. And I know there's going to be some people that aren't happy. Again, if my son listens to this, he's going to be so mad. Um... So a couple of years ago, I always go back to this as my example, the Philadelphia Phillies, right? It was when Arietta was on the team. They were a very good baseball team, and everybody had talked about that team to win. Um, the problem with that team was Arietta was like the only the real veteran on the team, and he's not, at least he didn't come across to me, as the guy that was willing to be a leader and help people along the way. He seemed very selfish. Uh, you have... You have to have leaders. You have to have that veteran presence. You have to know how to finish a season. And we talked about Bryce Harper and Paul Sewald and how their whole offseason was trying to figure out how to finish the season stronger than they started health-wise. And it's so important. You play 140 games if you play a full season. Very rarely in the minor leagues ever do you start here and end here. You're promoted or demoted somewhere along the way. So these young kids don't know how to finish a season at all. Um, it's so difficult. And you don't know how to conserve energy. And then everything's so exciting. And the fans and the nightlife and the media. And it's, it's awesome. And you get lost along the way. Mm. And then all of a sudden pressure hits. And I'm playing meaningful baseball at a time I've never played versus the very best the world has to offer. They don't know how to do it. And so you fade real quick. And so can I and do I know how to play baseball? Sure. Do I know how to play baseball when this is on the line and pressure? B.J. Ryan always told me. He said, Josh, the only thing I ever saw pressure do was push water up a hill. I loved it. I thought it was great of B.J., right? He had that mentality to where things didn't, they didn't face him. They didn't affect him. Not everybody's like that. We feel it, man. The Orioles are so young. They're so talented. It's such a beautiful team. Guys doing amazing things. Uh, the veterans they brought in I thought were great. I would have loved to see a few more veterans brought in at the trade deadline to help this young team. I, I think that the expectations were this team was going to be this good maybe next year, the year after. Yeah. I think this one snuck up on us, my personal opinion. I don't think they know how to finish the season. That's so, fair because you look, at, you look at their lineup up and down. I think Adam Frazier at 31 years old is the oldest player. He wasn't even in the lineup yesterday. Uh, this is a kid, by the way, who this is a really good hitter. Um, but that's the extent. But they're young. They're so he's they're the oldest young. one. He's 31 years old. I guess do you no. count do you count Aaron Hicks? He's 33. He, he's no. playing better for them than he was for the Yankees. They just activated him off the IL. I saw that. Hicksy, um he just wasn't a good player with the Yankees. Yeah, so I don't know what I take. I would hope he would bring over some leadership a little bit, be on that organization for a while. Uh, you know, he got that contract with I think eight years at 80 for the Yanks, but nah. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it, it does. I don't know what what clubhouse president says he carry. Uh, That's true. 
And then when you go to a new place, are you willing to step in the role? Would you would you make an argument that the Braves team that just won a couple years ago had Charlie Morton, Freddie Freeman, and a bunch of kids? Like it was like those two guys were the babysitters club, and everybody yeah. else was like willing, super young, willing to take on that role. Talk about two highly respected men in our game. Um, there, there's certain people, Clayton Kershaw's of the world, when they walk in the clubhouse, you, you sit up straight. The Roy Holidays, if you think we would ever sit like this, leaning back in my chair, butt out, uh, and Roy Holiday walked in, you you are crazy. We followed everywhere. We were so scared of Roy <laughs> because he beat us to the field. He worked harder than you. Um, you just felt like you were letting this man down. And Freddie Freeman, I think Charlie Morton, they command that kind of respect. When the Astros won their first World Series, I still maintain they, they could have never done it without Justin Verlander. No. And I think that like ha- having that guy walk, because that was a, a baby team. They were all kids. Yep. And they needed someone who, who they knew they could throw out there you know, every fourth game and, and yeah. feel like they, they, they had a chance to too, win. Which was cool, yeah. But like, have, the, the Orioles had chances to go out and get someone like that. Mm-hmm. They chose not to. Yep. You think that's the mistake they made? Yeah, they don't have enough depth. Also, right, they're very young, they're very talented. Um, the one thing I did like what I saw from this organization was the other night when they beat uh, Seattle and extra ratings tied 0-0 and Cedric Mullins happens to be the guy in second and he steals third right away. That's not a, You don't really see that organization do that, the hit and running, the stealing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. In situations like that, they're too afraid to do some stuff. I did like to see that, but again... Who are you going to? Your ace this year got sent down, Tyler Wells, right? Who are you going to? Gibson, I don't And I love him. Yeah. I think he's one of the best. I think that this guy was taught by better coaches maybe early in his career. He won a Cy Young. I'm, in, I'm impressed. They don't. To me, the Orioles don't have um, enough veteran presence with experience to win. I think they're, they're just way too But what I think makes them dangerous is, and this was the strength of the Yankees years ago, was they, can, they, they turn it into a seven-inning game. Because of the two guys in the back end of their bullpen in Cano and Batista for the Orioles, if their starters go seven innings... But they won't. That's what I was just going to tell you. Mm. I was just going to say that. What happens? I mean, we saw the Dodgers pull Scherzer out in the fifth inning of the fourth inning of a postseason game. No one does it in the postseason. Look at at Tampa Bay. They lost a World Series because you pulled Blake Snell. Blake Snell was in more control of a baseball game than maybe everybody, anybody in history of the game. But you panic. Coaches panic. It's the coaches you got to worry about. This coach staff is so young. This manager is so young. Yeah. They were going to pull these starters so fast, go to the bullpen, wear the bullpen out, and next thing you know, you're going to be asking Bautista. I think the Dodgers did it. It was Kenley Jansen. Hadn't pitched two innings in the season in a game all year. And the first thing, first game of the postseason, there's two. What? That's probably what they're going to do with they're Cano gonna, and Batista. Well, they're going to ask him to pitch four innings. So you're going <laughs> yeah, to ask your starters yeah. or your relievers to go more than your starters. It's yeah. not good. Well, I mean, I guess you could make the same argument then if you subtract Shane McClanahan from the Rays okay. rotation, and it seems like he's subtracted, right? Yeah, I don't he think he's coming back. He's certainly not going to play in the regular season. We'll see about the postseason, but Shit. suddenly their rotation feels a lot younger. Yeah, do you, they've do you, always had a hard time with no. They never had five starters. Mm, they well, they were the ones that started doing the open. Yeah, yeah, it was them. Well, that, so I mean, turned, you, they really started the whole trend. Yeah. Do you do you give yeah. them a little more credit because they've been close? They've at least been deep into these playoffs. Like, yeah, Kevin Cash is not afraid to do certain things. He's not afraid to go against the norm. And they have, they're now they're in the playoffs every year. 
right? So these guys have built this. Even though their team's young, they're, they're no strangers to the postseason anymore. So, yeah, this team does. And I would hope that that Blake Snell debacle mm. would, would shape Kevin Cash up. My worry is, is Cash getting a little too big for his britches? <laughs> because he wasn't that type of player. But, like, he seems to not know how to call people back or respond anymore. You know, he's a big-time celebrity. Um, I'm picking on Kevin because he's really, really good as a manager. Um, but they're willing to – I mean, listen, they were leaving their pitcher in the game at first base just to bring him back in. You know, like you're going to make these crazy rules, but we figure out a way around it. Yeah. They weren't afraid to do it. So I have a little bit more faith in that team. So when you handed me this World Series, Scotty, this sheet, uh, I was just messing around. This is kind of what I do. So my brain does this, and it does at the beginning of the season. Like, I, right away, I go, the White Sox are out. No matter what. <laughs> now I'm not saying this now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, yeah. But, like, they, they're out. That's, that's we know Oakland's out. We know the Nationals are out. Right? Yeah. So you start crossing out. The Royals have no chance. The Rockies have no chance. The Tigers, no. Pittsburgh, I love how long they sustained it this year. They usually have an awesome April, and they fade. They sustained it. I like this team. Um, but no on them, right? So then I go to the Mets. To me, the Mets are always a no. Even before the season started, they're a no. They don't. Again, it's the same thing every single year with the Mets and hmm. go back and look on paper they're beautiful right and then they have no idea how to do it they fade they do it's, it's, it's only the Mets right only the Mets <laughs> only the Mets can do that to me and again it's tough because I'm saying this in the season so people can be like who don't know me they're gonna be like oh well you know hindsight's 2020 now this this would have been and I bet this I always bet against the Mets I mean we make good money the year that uh when the Braves had it unbelievable finish and the Mets are in first place almost every season and I was like oh yeah they're not gonna make the postseason we were getting like plus plus a grand on it I forgot what it was it was something insane it was just 10 to 1 on the Braves to win the division to yeah. not make the postseason oh the or Mets to not win the, yeah, the, Mets, not win yeah. the division and they had this huge lead right um so to me they were out so then I just go down this list I left the Marlins and the Reds um let me go back to the standings I left them open just because of there's a little bit of excitement, and when you look at that Marlins roster and you look at that team, it's not that bad. It's a little bit deeper than I think people give them credit to, and they have some young pitching that's pretty good. Alcantara, Sandy's starting to figure it back out this year. Yeah, I think he's had maybe three complete games in the last four starts or yeah. something. Um, long shot, I know this, um, but very, very dangerous if they make the postseason. And so I left, I left them the Marlins. Um, are they even close, by the way? Yeah, they're in it right now. I left them open because of a, getting in a three-game series. They're they're dangerous. Cincinnati, I don't think Cincinnati really can do it. I just, Cincinnati doesn't have any pitching. Yeah. yeah, that's the whole thing. You have to have pitching. And they're, they're still also, too young, too. They're probably yeah. kind of like the Orioles with worse pitching. And they're yeah. fading bad. But you see how you, when you have seven – and I left them open for this conversation. When, when, when you have seven rookies in your rotation, not just your pitching, but in your starting lineup, mm -hmm. again, it goes back to my Orioles thing. They're even younger, in essence, than the Orioles are. And so you just don't really know what to do. You you get a little bit reckless on the base paths. You get a little bit unsure and like where you would just react normally. You start to question it first, right? And so seven, I think it's seven, seven rookies in that, in that lineup at any given time, it's dangerous, but they're beautiful and fun, right? But it was just a talking tool. It's really, I think I have one, two, three, four, five, six. So... The Marlins, uh, the Phillies, the Phillies are a dangerous team. And we proved it last year, but they're a dangerous team. I had them team. last year, and I, I, I bet it in August. Or it was, it was July or August.
And I was sitting in this chair, yep. Yep. And, and we did this exercise on the Dream Preview with RJ, and he was like, all right, Scott, here's what I want you to do. I want you to go through all the teams in Major League Baseball and give a grade of lineup, starting pitching, and bullpen. And then we'll go through your grades, and we'll see who you have power rated at the top. And when I went through my grades, it, this was this was like right after the, after the All-Star break, July or whatever, and I had the Phillies number one. And the Phillies were nowhere near even yeah. in contention for the division. Or It was like, huh, the Phillies number one? And then they get to the postseason, and they show how dangerous they were. Mm-hmm. And they go all the way to the World Series. And I agree. I think they're just as dangerous as they were last year. How much do you yeah. factor in good defensive teams versus bad defensive Massive. teams? It's so important. Because it feels we like see- that's like when he had the, the Phillies power rated number one, the one thing he didn't take into account was they're bad defensive teams. Yeah, and they, yeah, they don't know who they are, and that's it's it's so important again, especially. In, but better in this year now, much better. Getting sure. Trey Turner is huge, yeah. and, and then Turner's, top moves over to second. He's yeah. had a down year. I think he's top three best players in the game. But he's the postseason he's, yeah, is back he's, to normal, right? He's been horrible this year. But if he play, like, could you imagine when this Phillies team gets to the playoffs? If Trey Turner plays like MVP yeah. Trey Turner, sure. like World Baseball Classic Trey Turner, like the guy who I was betting to win the most valuable player award right. this year. The Phillies are dangerous. One, so, probably the most dangerous yeah. team besides the yeah, Atlanta Braves. said Aaron Nola's name all year either, right? And they're still pretty good. Right. Uh, the Rangers and more so with the moves they made. Um, I like what they did and they added to the pitching, which is very important. Obviously, the Astros are just loaded. The Dodgers are always dangerous, even though they've had a string of injuries and the pitching could be a little bit deeper. And then, of course, Atlanta. The one team you didn't mention, that, like, and I understand completely why you wouldn't, but I do think – if they make it, nobody wants to play the San Diego Padres because in really? it, I, I think so. I think their lineup, like if if they're all clicking, like that's a, they've gotten damn near an all star lineup. If they pitch four guys in a series, the worst of those guys is probably Michael Waka, who's been pretty solid this year. Like it feels like when when you go Darvish, Snell, Musgrove, Waka, you, like you, that can get you through some playoff series. No, I like that. And and if if you know, Machado and Soto and Tatis are all hitting at the same time. It just feels like they, they there's a real upside with them that there isn't with a lot of these other teams that are in, they the, could in the same be, odds range. They could be last year's Phillies. They could be the team. They'll get in as the third wild card, and then they'll beat whoever the central division is. Because keep in mind the way that the playoff format is now, Josh, right? You have the first two wild cards play each other. Yeah. The third wild card plays the lowest division winner. So that's going to be the winner of the NL Central. You think if the Reds or the Brewers or maybe even the Cubs win the Central, they want to play the Padres as that third wild card? I think Padres could win that series. Yeah, they're not going to make the postseason, so I guess. <laughs> yeah, yeah that, that's the that's I mean, the issue. They're getting beat right now by the Orioles. You Darvish went up against Grayson Rodriguez, so a vet versus a rookie. Their offense is garbage. I mean, they they, they scored one run again. Again, this they can't hit, so they have to have these pitchers really, really, really dominate because they they flat out cannot hit. I mean, if you look at Soto over the last. 162. What's he hitting? 220, 210. Um, Tatis is not. He's not a guy I overly worry about in the lineup. It's he's just not a that guy. I, mm. I don't know. I, these guys have big names, but did they did they earn the big names? And Tatis is to me has never really earned his name. Um, I like Manny, but okay, Bogarts is their best player, but I think they forgot how to use him. Cronenworth, if he would ever go back to hitting the ball the other way, he was dangerous. He wants to be these other guys. Well, these other guys aren't really performing, so why do you want to be those guys when you were actually better, in my opinion? Mm. Their offense is just not it. It's not it. That's just the problem. Um, and they 
God, they don't really let the starters do their job. But you're right, Snell's been good. Darvish is he's on my favorites list. But this team, I mean, they score one or two runs every game. All right, well, let's put you on the spot then. You've got the odds in front of you, but who do you think has the best chance to win this season? Atlanta. All right. They're stacked. Yeah. They are. I, I, they're stacked. I, I still, man, I, I still think, uh, I, I still think the Astros because they've, they, they've. Yeah, that's my number two. I mean, I love them. Just uh, any given week, they they're terrifying. Like, yeah, you know, and now they're healthy. Now they got, and now you've you seen Ver- them, and you got Verlander back now. You've seen yeah. them not healthy all year. Mm-hmm. Like it, it's like now it's happening, and they, they're playing really well. The Rangers are keeping pace with them really well, so the Astros yeah. aren't gaining ground. Right. But I, I I still think come playoff time, when you see Verlander walk out for game one mm-hmm. and Fromber for game two. There's not a lot of teams that can match that. Yeah, and when you look, and you just go over this real quick, like you look at, I mean, look at the veteran teams, right? Like the Dodgers in in August coming down the stretch, they won eight in a row. They, yeah, they started you know to pull away. Like, yeah, they, the, the the winning teams do it, and you know the, the teams that have been there before. Yep. Yeah, which is right. the Astros have. Yeah. No, it's so are the Braves. Like, yeah, so of the Braves is right. And the uh, Braves have great. created such a stretch that they can let guys, certain guys, get healthy. The Dodgers did that for a while because mm-hmm. they trust their team. They, they kind of let guys get healthy. Um, yeah, it's tough. I mean, again, you really – we can really – like, that's what I'm saying. When you're when you're going these preseasons, you can – half the league is already eliminated for sure. Yep. So now we're only really dealing with 15 teams that have an opportunity. Mm-hmm. And then you kind of break it down a little bit more through there. Um, it's unfortunate, but that's how it is in our game. The Yankees and the, the Red Sox and the Mets, they're spending all the money, and mm-hmm. they're eliminated. Meanwhile, yeah, the, the – right. You know, you mentioned the Marlins and the Rays and the Orioles are still like so. In a way, like it's unfortunate, like you said, that only half the teams are competing. But sometimes it's not the teams you'd expect, which right. that's that, right. that's what makes it fun. Yeah, agreed. Well, great stuff, Josh. We look forward to hearing this each and every week on the new Major League Baseball podcast on R.J. Bell's Dream Preview Feed. And as much as you can, you are more than welcome to join us here on Straight Out of Vegas AM. Thanks, boys. Appreciate it. Good conversation there with Josh Towers. He'll be with us every week here. Uh, He'll do some stuff for SOVAM, but primarily for now, we're going to do the baseball pod once a week on the Dream Preview feed. And then as we get closer and closer to the playoffs, he'll make more frequent appearances across our podcast network. Let's get into the schedule here for Tuesday. And we'll start in Cincinnati, where the Reds will host the Guardians. Graham Ashcraft on the hill for Cincinnati. Logan Allen goes for Cleveland. Cleveland minus 115. Astros at the Marlins. Christian Javier goes for Houston. Johnny Cueto for Miami. Houston is minus 130. Red Sox are at the Nationals. Nick Pavetta for Boston. John Gray, excuse me, Josiah Gray for the Nationals. Boston is minus 170. Phillies at the Blue Jays. Zach Wheeler for Philadelphia. Yusei Kikuchi. For the Blue Jays, Philly minus 115. Pirates at the Mets, Bailey Falter for Pittsburgh, David Peterson for New York, Mets are minus 135. Yankees at the Braves, uh uh-oh. Luis Severino is back on the mound for the Yankees. Bryce Elder will go for Atlanta. The Braves are minus 210. Braves destroyed the Yankees 11-3 last night. And with Severino on the mound tonight, don't think that this one's going to be any different. I kind of like the Braves run line here. I could also see Braves team total over here. Total in this game is 11. Yeah. That's which means total. the Braves team total might be, it might be six, six and a half. Literally. Uh, Tigers are at the Twins. Alex Fiedo goes for Detroit. Bailey over for Minnesota. Minnesota's minus 195. A's are at the Cardinals. Dakota Hudson goes for the Cardinals. Not sure what the A's are going to do with their situation just yet. Lucas Giolito will start for the Angels at the Rangers. Jordan Montgomery opposes him. Texas is minus 170. White Sox at the Cubs. Tiki Toussaint. 
for the South Siders, Kyle Hendricks for the North Siders, Chicago minus 170, McKenzie, Cubbies or White Sox, Battle of Chi-Town. Where's the game? Wrigley. It's going to be a Cubs day. It's going to be a Cubs day. The Suburbaners Fly are going to come in w. on the Metro train. They're going to get drunk early, and they're going to be ha- leave happy. Fly the dub is right. Mariners at the Royals, and Jordan Lyles will get the start for the Royals. Emerson Hancock will be the starter for the Mariners, and the Royals beat the Mariners last night in walk-off fashion. That's embarrassing. A squeeze play. Old-fashioned squeeze so play. So, wait a minute. Royals win 7-6. Royals beat the Mariners. Does that mean we have a system play tonight? A- and Jordan Lyles is on the mound for the, for uh, the Royals. So, uh, load up What's on the he, 1-21 this year? 3-13, and 13, McKenzie. Don't be oh, no, so rude. Uh, <laughs> Rockies also coming off a win. The Rockies beat the Diamondbacks in come-from-behind fashion. Four runs in the bottom of the eighth inning. Ty Blotch gets the start for Colorado tonight. Arizona undecided with their situation just yet. Michael Waka starts for the Padres. They're minus 135 at home against the Orioles. Jack Flaherty goes for Baltimore. Rays are at the Giants. Zach Littell scheduled for Tampa. Not sure what San Francisco's going to go with just yet. And the Brewers at the Dodgers. Adrian Hauser from Milwaukee. And it's going to be Bobby Miller. For the Dodgers, Dodgers minus 210. If you haven't done so already, make sure you go to pregame.com and sign up to be a pregame.com member for the price of free. Free to be a pregame.com member. And once you are a member, your family. And we give you $25 to spend on the website. So you get your free $25 just by signing up at pregame.com. And then you have access to all the discounts that we offer on all of our best bets and season-long subscription packages. Right now, we have incredible football packages going on. Promos for the full NFL season, full college football season, combo NFL and college. You can pick your favorite pregame pro and get every pick for the entirety of the football season, whether it's college or pro or both, and you can take 20% off of those packages that you purchase at pregame.com. If you use our promo code HARD20, HARD20, or NOX20, we got two promos. Hard NOX, right? Hard NOX is going on. So just think of Hard NOX, HARD20 or NOX20. If you used one last week, use the other one. If you haven't used either of them, use them both. Hard knocks, hard 20, knocks 20. That'll get you 20% off at pregame.com for you, the listeners of this podcast. From Mackenzie Rivers, AJ Hoffman, and our newest co host of the MLB Pod, former big leaguer Josh Towers, I'm Scott Seidenberg. We are all straight out of Vegas AM.